0: We're going Watching the nightly news Don't seem to find the rhythm Just wanna sing the blues Feels like a song that never stops
1: Feels like it's never gonna
2: Gotta get that 5-5 five, five.
1: Joy, 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 down in my heart, down in my heart to stay.
3: This place. Somebody give the Lord a hand clap of praise. God is good. God is great. His mercy is everlasting. We're so excited. We're so happy to be in this house today, this, you know, this evening. God has done a miracle in this district, in this part of the world, in the part of this country, in the Northeast. We're so blessed for what God is doing, but we're here to give the Lord some praise and some worship in this place. Do I have any worshipers, any praisers in the house? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go. Can we put our hands together?
4: overwhelmed of what the Lord has done I don't even think that it, it hit me until today when I saw all your faces how good God really is
5: hallelujah Jesus
4: hallelujah Jesus you may be seated hallelujah This is really a service of dedication and thanksgiving. Thanking God for all that he has done. Thanking God for the battles through this process that he brought us over. Hallelujah. What a day, church. What a day. We are here. What a day. We are so thankful for this day, for this moment christ Center church. We did it. We did it. Give yourselves a round of applause. We did it. I just want to take a couple of moments just to thank each and every one of you. Christ-centered church family, we thank you. We could not have done this without you. We could not have done this without you. From the beginning to the very end, we could not have done this process without you, without the prayers, the great prayers, the sacrifices, the great financial sacrifices that you have made. We thank you. The the wives that didn't see their husbands pretty much for days on end, you know, by the time the husbands got in, wives were sleeping, to where some of the wives were like, you know what, you can't beat them, you're joining. You, you start seeing the wives come on in and helping out. Because when a man is about God's business, you just got to join in. Amen. So Christ in the church, today is your day. We are dedicating this building to the Lord. but. We could really not have done this without you, without the prayers, without the great financial sacrifices that you've made. And if there's anyone who wants to make another financial sacrifice, we are are here. Sister Patrice, you could put that up on the screen. We have many ways that you can do that because there's still so much to be done. We just got this part ready for you today, but there is still so much to be done. I want to welcome each and every one of you. That came out, this is a Saturday afternoon, 3 o'clock. We all know we're getting prepared for a Sunday service. But you took the time out. You flew in for this time. And I want you all to give yourselves a round of applause. Because when it comes to God's business, it doesn't matter. God will make it work out for Sunday. Amen. Wait, Sister Patrice, she didn't put it up. She did? Okay, put it up while I'm talking. I don't want them to miss a dollar sign. You know, you can slip me the check or the cash if you want. I'm here. Amen. But, um, you know, the... God, I'm just so grateful. I'm just so overwhelmed, church. I really, really, really am. Thank you. I am really overwhelmed. The, the, the sacrifices, I mean, where we came from, and you're looking at the ground with nothing to this. Just look what the Lord has done. Bishop Naylor, this is something he would always sing. Just look what the Lord has done. I love you, Pastor and Sister Naylor. You guys are so amazing in my life, and I so appreciate you all for just taking the time out and coming here hallelujah we thank the lord for all our pastors all our ministers bishop bernard and dk bernard you just made my son's day you made his life okay i thank you all so very much i appreciate it you deserve all the credit christ center church and i want you to give yourself a round of applause right now and as we get ready for our next i just want to thank you christ and the church i look forward to worshiping with you i look forward to years of serving the lord with you i look forward as to seeing us progress more and more and more together amen everybody say together together we can do this amen amen
6: Good afternoon church, I'm Darrell Parker for those of you who don't know me. I remember when I was a little boy, no more than eight or nine, and I wrote a letter to God, inviting him into my heart. I wish I still had that letter so I could read it today. It took me almost 30 years of wandering in the wilderness of sin to return to God with childlike faith. Twelve years ago, I was introduced to some truth. Pastor Matt Frawley led a Bible study at his home. He may not remember this, but I had a dream that I would be doing something in the church for God. But God wasn't ready to place me in the church with Matt. He introduced me to Pastor Wayne Wyatt. I know that faith comes from listening, comes from studying the word, being encouraged and surrounded by so many believers. In March of 2014, Pastor Wayne Wyatt was called to initiate a Bible study in the Mercerville section of Hamilton which led to the fire, led him to the firehouse located at the Five Points intersection which was also the center of the town he met with the chief and his dec- decree was confirmed. Pastor asked, was asked to be the chaplain of the firehouse too the firehouse had a small meeting room that was used by our Girl Scout troop before our Bible study. Six months, six months later, that weekly Bible study became a Sunday worship. We had our first service in October. What were so remarkable regarding the Five Points intersection, it travels through each community that we have been called to serve. Modern technology would also extend our reach even further by having faithful members online. We believe the Bible was inspired. It's an infallible word of God. There is only one God in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with love, mercy, and compassion. God had his hands on us providing us with exclusivity to that meeting room in the firehouse Thursday through Sunday. Our church grew from nine members in one year to 150 faithful. Yes, we have experienced growth in the natural, watching our children grow, some of them becoming young adults and having families. Additionally, there was spiritual, there has been spiritual growth at CCC that became behind the scenes during the pandemic especially during our stewardship campaign and our spiritual journey prayer in the morning we're standing here as witnesses to a miracle from the God Almighty because he answers prayers this is a joyous moment the Lord wants to give us more than just happiness. He wants to give us joy. Happiness depends on the circumstances of our life. Joy prevails even when our circumstances go downhill in a hurry. Joy depends on relationships rather than circumstance. In Galatians 5.22, the evidence of joy equals the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. And in John 16, 24, Jesus' prescription for joy is to bring your request in his name with a joyful confidence. The joy of the Lord is our strength. What an amazing thing the Lord has done for this community, but the harvest is not complete until the trumpet has blown. Thank you for dedicating this building with us today. In the name of Jesus, amen.
1: welcome home. Welcome to this new place that you can call your own. Welcome home. Welcome to the place where you can celebrate your loved ones, where you can have your child dedicated, where you can celebrate love and get married, where you can celebrate the life of a loved one when God calls them home. Welcome home. Welcome to the place where you can freely worship and praise the one and true living God with no limitations. Welcome home.
3: This place is for you. The one who may be broken and looking to be made whole, this place is for you. The one who may be feeling like you've lost your way and identity, this place is for you. The one who has been looking for stability and purpose in your life, this place is for you. The one who has been praying for the whole family to be saved and walking with God, this place is for you. Whether you're new here or you've been with us since day one, the feeling you may experience during the service at Christ in our church, don't ignore it. Respond to that feeling. Because this place is for you.
0: Welcome
7: Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Amen. Welcome to christ Center Church. It's just an honor to host you today, those of you that have come from far, and all of our families and friends, our church family. We're so grateful to be gathered together one more time to celebrate what Jesus is doing. I'm so grateful that he has brought us to this place. And as my wife said, I was feeling her exactly what she was saying, overwhelmed is more the description for how we're feeling we have so many people here that we love, that love us, and we're so thankful for it. Just to know what God is doing in the midst of us and through us is just indescribable. Today, we went dedicated dedicated Pastor Evanson's building, and that was such a glorious moment. And we're so grateful that God is doing some great things in our district and in this area all across uh North America and around the globe, God is doing some great things, but we know what he's doing here because we are here, and we thank God for that. I welcome all of you, all of our uh, friends, and I just want to take this moment to acknowledge some folks, all of you that are here made this possible. And so we want to kind of give you an idea as to how we arrived at this place. The first thing I want to share with you, how we arrived at this place, is because in 1996, March of 1996, I was a sinner, lost, don't know who Christ was, and is, and I walked in a church, but it was just hot, red hot church, red hot church. And God used the mighty men of God to reach me, to minister to my soul. And if it wasn't for Bishop Arthur C. Naylor, I wouldn't even know what all of this is. And today, I'm so thankful. Come on, Pastor. You know, you know wherever I am and you are, they got to know. They got to know. This is the man that won me to the Lord. I told a story before, but I like telling it. He's a church planter. And church planters do things that everybody else don't do. First lady remembered, he's got really good hair. (laughs) And so his hair is not easy to be cut by just any barber. And so his wife would always, honey, don't go back to that barber. They don't cut your hair right. And so I told pastor, when you're, a world, when you're from the world, Brother, Brother uh, Long, my barber was in Philadelphia before I got saved. And so I used to drive from here to Philadelphia to get a haircut. So I told my pastor about my barber that he can really cut his hair. And he says, all right, I'll come and he'll cut my hair. And he came, got his hair cut. And he came home and his wife said, honey, that do look good. <laughs> But Brother Tony, what I learned was he was being a soul winner. He drove with me all the way in Germantown, Philadelphia. Not just Center City, Philadelphia. Germantown. It's a little bit east or west of, of the town, the, 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 the city. And he came with me and later on I realized he was just winning a soul. He won me to the Lord. He has taught me everything that I know. Everything I know about fasting, praying, Discipline, this is the man of God that have done that for me. I wouldn't be standing here today if it wasn't for this man. I honor him. I will always honor him, and there is nothing he would ever be in need of that I will never give him. Pastor, I love you. I love you. I love you so much. You know what's funny when we started? He did all the talking, she did no talking. Now she do all the talking and he does no talking. (laughs) First Lady, thank you for ministering to my wife, ministering to us. You know how you have taken care of me. You know everything about me, my good, my bad, my ups, my downs, and you continue to love me. And I thank you for that. I love them. In about June of 2021, the Lord impressed upon my heart to keep looking for property. We knew we needed property. We were at two church services at the time in the little firehouse. And so the Lord impressed upon me to keep looking. I went online to look. I was at my office in Philadelphia, eighth floor, Center City, Philadelphia. And I put my head on the desk, not praying, but whining to the Lord, Lord, Lord. You know what's going on. You know what we need. And all of a sudden, that strong thought came, go back to the website you've been looking at, and you will see something in your area. Call the realtor. And so I did just that. I called the realtor, didn't get an answer, but I left a message. And after I left the message, I didn't hear it back. So I said, let me call back again, and the realtor picked up. And so I said, I'm interested in the building at Ford Tennis Court. She said, oh, yes, Wayne, I was going to call you back. We were having computer problems, so I was just waiting to get that done, and I was going to call you back. And so I said, we're interested in Tennis Court. She said, well, you know, it's under contract. I said, oh, really? She said, yes. I said, I tell you what, if the contract doesn't pan out and they don't purchase the property, can you let us be next in line to purchase the property? She said it kind of like, oh, okay, because at that time, probably still is, commercial property is just at a premium. Uh, as a matter of fact, her and I were talking, and not far from here, there was a property that people were offering cash money, $1.9 million just to get the property. So the property was hot. So she was thinking, this guy must be out of his mind. It's under contract. And so I called back two weeks later. I said, Jamie, how's it going? She said, well, it's still under contract. I said, all right, I'll check back. About a month later, I called. I said, Jamie, how's it going? She said, you know what, Wayne? The guy is struggling getting some finance to purchase the property. I said, remember, Jamie, we're next in line. All right, Wayne. She sounded a little bit different. She said, I'll talk to the owner and see what he says. And she spoke to the owner of the property. And he says, I tell you what, however they worked it out, offer the property to them. And Jamie, you stand please, Jamie. Stand up. I know, it's okay. Jamie was working for the seller, but you would think she was working for us. God is so good. She walked in the door today and she said, God is so good. That's what she said to me. Jamie, I love you. Thank you so much. Your daddy and you did us a solid. And we're forever grateful that you kept on going back and working with them. And they worked with us. I offered to lease, to own, because I knew our situation. This property was not zoned for church, house of worship. So I knew that because I've been looking. So the reason why I told Jamie to first go around, I said, "Tell the seller we want to lease it to own it, because I knew we needed to get that all situated." After we exchanged information, she came back. And the owner says, "Why go through that? We will sell it to you and give you the time you need to go to the township and get the use variance." That's what happened. Thank you, Jamie. Alan, I want you to stand. Alan Shechtel. He used to be the planner for our township, this very township. He was the planner for many years, I believe 35 years. And so he was the planner there, but after he retired from there, he started his own firm. So he became a part of our team to make the purchase to try to get the use variants approved. And so Alan helped us. We had engineers. We had attorneys. And when we went before the township the night for the used variants, Alan did the most talking. Alan was reverenced down there. When he walked the hallways down there, everyone knew Mr. Schechtel is coming through. And God put him in our life. So when we went to the used variants, hearing. Alan probably will say it today. We knew it was a done deal, right? Alan, you knew it was a done deal. You didn't make us believe that, but you knew it was a done deal. And all of the vote came in yes. There was not one no for this building to be zoned for church to be here. God is good. Thank you, Alan. And so December 29th of 2022, the purchase was made, we owned the place, we had the deed, but if you'd paid attention long enough, you'd notice what this place had looked like, there were three holes in the floor, looked like swimming pools, because there was a gymnastic place here that they did, you know, their thing, the walls were a mess, mirrors were all around, the ceiling tile were just no good, I mean, different colors, everything. But we belong to a great... We belong to the greatest Pentecostal organization in the entire world. Yes, we, yes we are. And so, in our organization, we have different divisions. And one of the divisions is called North American Missions. Within North American Missions Division, there's other arms. And the arm that we needed... Was the church in a day ministry? The church in a day ministry in the UPCI is phenomenal. I can't say enough about it. And the man of God that God has placed over that division is Terry Long. Come on. Get him a mic. Get me a mic for Terry Long. And so him and I have been friends because we sat on the NAM board, and so we've been friends. And so when this happened, I called him up, I said, Terry, we've got the building, and we need you to go to work. And he came in, he started with his drawing, you know he loved to draw, Randy, and he starts his drawing, since the long you know the story. And he starts his stuff, and we were off to the races. Jamie was a part of the whole thing when Terry started his stuff, and Jamie is taking it all in. And here we are. If it wasn't for Church in the Day and all of this stuff, the funds that NAM gave to us, all of what you have done and how you have led Church in the Day for us to be here, we wouldn't be at this place without you. We're thankful. Say something, please. We love your pastor and his wife, this great church. Came to love all the people that we worked with. Church in the Day came in, we designed it, but this church worked day and night to remodel this building. Um, We believe that as long as you give us missionaries with a a vision, church in a day will give you a building, and we'll do it all over the country, and we'll do it all over New Jersey. We love you. I love Brother Long. And him and Randy and some other guys were always here, and as my wife said, Sister Long was over there in Indiana. And, and Sister Blackburn was over there, like, you know, their husbands are always on the road, but they supported them, and now they decided we had to bring our wives today. And so now Sister Long is here, she had came one of the trips, but now Sister Blackburn and Sister Long is here with their hubbies, celebrate with them, and we're so glad that you all are here. We also have some more of our NAM division here with us, our promotions department. And Brother Daniel, we thank God for the work that you're doing in NAM. But we're biased here. We thank God for just what you're doing in the kingdom of God and how you made our boy feel today. That's our last born. And he learned to play the drums because of you. If you don't know who this young man is, you got to go and look on social media. Look at Daniel Bernard. He is an awesome drummer, world-class drummer, and my boy didn't know how to play any drums. So if you watch him today and say, what's going on over there? He would get Daniel Bernard on the iPad, and he put it on the stand, and we have drums at home. And he would, when he started, it sounded like a mess. But I, I told my wife to our family, I said, just leave him alone, just leave him alone, just leave him alone. And it started becoming music. Thank you. Thank you for being a godly example that young people can see and know that they can do other things in the kingdom of God. We're thankful. For all of you that are here, we have ministers and pastors. Pastor Spell, we thank God for you. We have the Guthrie family, we thank God for you. My good friend, our North American Missions Director, come here, man. Just come give me a hug my very best friend. I got to tell him, I met his wife before him, and then she met him afterwards, and she said she messed up ever since that. I'll tell her the story in a second. When she met him on the job, she came and told me, I think I met somebody, but you're going to have to work with him. (laughs) You didn't know that. Yeah, she told told me she met somebody, but I'm going to have to work with him. And so I started teaching him a Bible study every Monday. And it didn't matter what holiday fell on the Monday. We showed up and we taught Bible study. He had a little tape recorder. He would record our sessions. He would try to flip through the Bible. He would know where to find scriptures. And eventually he learned how to do it. And now he's the pastor of Refuge Apostolic Church in Newark, New Jersey. He's my good friend. We dedicated his building some time ago, and we're so thankful. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you. We're honored today, and we're privileged today. We didn't know if this was going to be possible. We were hoping it would be possible, but we did not know if it would be possible. But God will always make a way. After this, in our mind, God is going to make a way no matter what now. What, what, what they might call it, we have crazy faith in this church after this. And so with Brother Evanson dedicating his building today, we weren't sure if we would get the bishop here because we know there was a lot of things. But I know the bishop. This, is, this man is incredible. And he loves the organization and he's all about church planting and church growth. I heard him said one time, I don't need to talk to you about doctrine, you have all my books. So you know what I think about doctrine. And so his push is always about planting churches and growing churches. We are privileged and we are honored to have the greatest superintendent the United Pentecostal Church has ever had. That's just what I feel. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's just what I feel, and it's an honor and a privilege to serve with him on the general board. Bishop David K. Bernard, welcome to christ Center church. We're glad to have you. Take your time, whatever you feel. You can go in the pulpit, Bishop.
8: Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. You may be seated. I won't take a long time. you got a good preacher here, and I don't want to steal his time. But I'm going to take a few minutes to congratulate you, Pastor Wyatt, Sister Wyatt, congregation. I know it's been a long journey and hard work, a lot of prayer, a lot of faith, a lot of money, a lot of sacrifice. But this is just the beginning of what God wants to do in Hamilton and in north central Jersey. Praise God. And I'm believing this service is going to be a catapult or a catalyst to move you to the next level. But I can't help but reminiscing, especially seeing Brother Naylor here. I became General Seward in 2010, and it took me a while to get up here, but I got to Jersey in 2011. And I remember talking. I was casting the vision. We've got to start growing. We've got to reverse this trend, and we've got to move forward aggressively, especially in the Northeast where the population is so great and churches are so few and other denominational churches are in decline, but we've got to take advantage of the opportunity. And Brother Naylor told me, he says, I believe it, I'm on board, and he was doing it, but he said, you got to meet my district board and you got to talk to them and ask them why we can't start churches. And so I did meet them, and at that time the results were very discouraging. And so Brother Naylor said, so now you know what I'm dealing with. But Brother Naylor and I begin working. Don't, now, don't tell anybody that. I'm just kind of giving you a little secret here. But we begin working together. And then along came Brother Wyatt and Brother White. And I'll say, Brother Naylor, whatever else your ministry's produced, the men of God and women of God and churches that have come out of your ministry are far greater than just what you can see. So when the devil tells you, you weren't successful, you say, Wayne Wyatt, Warren White, John Doe, you got, you got believers all over this state. You got members all over the Northeast. So when the devil tries to tell you, you didn't succeed, don't listen to him anymore. You did succeed. You are succeeding. Amen. God bless you. And so, Brother Wyatt and Brother White, I think we kind of became partners in crime because every time I'd come up here, they'd drive me around, one of them, and we'd talk. We'd talk about the opportunity. We'd talk about Newark. How can the largest, it was the largest city in the United States with no United Pentecostal Church in the city limits. How can that be? And so we talked talk about how we got to change that. And uh, we talked about the opportunities, and we talked about the obstacles. And, of course, I'm just flying in and out every once in a while. They're the ones doing the work. And, uh, of course, we've got uh, Brother Tony, North American Missions. Brother Kuhn had a burden. So from the general level, these North American Missions directors are pushing. And, Brother Long, you've heard about that. And so it's a team effort. Uh, But I want to give credit to the men on the ground who's actually doing the work. And today we're honoring Brother Wyatt and this whole congregation because this is an amazing uh, event and an amazing building right in the heart of New Jersey. Where people are saying religion is in decline, but the apostolic faith is moving forward in Jesus' name. And you are part of it. You are part of history. You're part of a miracle. And as I said, the best is yet to come. Amen. I'll just leave a thought with you. I'm not preaching, but I'm going to leave a thought anyway. But First Kings 17, there was famine in the land. Elijah the prophet ran out of food. And God gave a strange command. He said, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon. That's a, that's a foreign country. It's a pagan country outside of Israel. He said, go find a widow woman. Now, if you're in need and you're starving and you need support, it seems like the last thing you would do is go to a foreign country to a bunch of pagans and find a widow. But God's plan is not always our plan. And here's my little thought. I preached on it, but I'll just let you have the the idea and you can figure it out. And the thought is simply this. When what we have is not enough. And I think you've probably been there. And you'll probably be there again. Let me tell you, I hate to break the news to you, Brother Wyatt. But if you're going to be growing, if you're going to be having revival, if you're going to win souls, if you're going to plant more churches, raise up young ministers, you're not going to have enough. You're not going to have enough money, not going to have enough time, not going to have enough skill, not going to have enough ability. You're going to run short. But when what we have is not enough, then God will make up the difference. And so God sent him to a widow and uh, he walks up to her and says, can you just give me something to drink? And so she's trying to be hospitable. Yes. He says, oh, by the way, while you're getting me a drink of water, can you get me some bread? She says, now, wait a minute. I've got just enough meal, just enough flour in the bin and just enough oil in my jar for one last meal for my son and me. We're going to make the meal Bake the bread, eat that, and then we're going to die. He said, well, give it to me anyway. Pretty presumptuous. But she obeyed. And he said, if you'll do this, you'll never lack for flour in your bin. And you'll never lack for oil in your jar until the famine is over. And so it was when she obeyed. God gave enough for her as well as the prophet. And then later, when her son died unexpectedly... The prophet was there to pray for him and raise him back to life. So if she would have looked at her lack, she would have never obeyed. But not only did God supply the need that she was aware of, God had a plan that was going to take care of that urgent crisis that she had no idea of. But because she obeyed in the present circumstances, God not only took care of her in the present, God took care of her in the future. God will not only give you what you need, God will give you more than what you need. When what you have is enough... You depend on your own ability and you're limited by your own ability. No matter how great it is, it's not going to get the job done. But when you realize I do not have enough. When what you have is not enough, then you open the door for a miracle of God. For God's divine supply will be more than enough. He'll give you the next miracle. But he's got a miracle five years down the road. If the Lord tarries, he's got a miracle ten years down the road. And it's already in the works, Brother Wyatt. When what we have is not enough, we open the door for a miracle. Oh, let's praise the Lord right now.
3: And you stand into your feet. We're going to get into the heart of worship one last time as our praise and worship team comes up, getting ready to get out the way. But we thank God for what he's done, for what he continues to do. We can look back at this building and all the things that has gone on in our lives, and we can say that there's no weapon that formed against us It will never prosper, no matter what your situation looks like, no matter what it looks like, no weapon that's formed against you is going to prosper, hallelujah, we bless you.
2: said amen. amen. Grab your Bibles while you remain standing. What a great day and a great reason to be in service and to celebrate what we are celebrating. I thought without a microphone I was going to have to speak into his tie the whole time. That was going to be, that was going to be awkward there for a moment. Don't you love your pastor and his family? Aren't they just some of the best of the best? Let's make some noise for Brother and Sister Wyatt. Where's Brother Wyatt? There he is. Me and Brother Wyatt and Brother White went out to eat dinner one night. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm going to make them wonder. But we had some of the we had one of the greatest memories in all the world that night, and uh, it was just uh, it was super good. First Thessalonians chapter number four. We are here to dedicate this beautiful facility to the Lord. And we're going to do that here at the end of our service. And if you've never been a church planner, then you don't really understand a lot of this. And these pictures don't mean anything. And introducing some of these very influential people that played a role, you don't understand how important that is to a church planner. Man, I had to fight back tears when you're telling the story because anyone that's ever done this has that story. And so to all of you that are here that has helped, that's really not even affiliated with this church, but yet you've helped, we say thank you. And I think one more time, we ought to just give them a hand clap of appreciation. And Brother Long, to you and your team, wow, this is, this is gorgeous. And We just came through a remodel in Gainesville. I should have just had you all come what i should have done brother bernard it's so it's such an honor to be with you now when we did hear that there was a chance that you could be here i wanted to go on record that i did try to weasel out of this i said there is no need for me to preach if the bishop is there and uh so we wasn't sure so here we are but uh he preached a masterpiece at brother evanson's mess uh service earlier today it was just incredible And I'll just say Daniel, not out of disrespect, but to differentiate the two. But when Brother Wyatt told me about his son, and his son had no idea he was coming, that just meant the world to me. That his son learned to play the drums from somebody that he would think is a hero. And then to be able to be here today, I just, I think that's awesome. And to God be the glory. Amen? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren. We exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as, that as ye have received of us how you ought to walk and to please God. So you would abound more and more. Not less and less. More and more. Verse 10. Indeed, ye do it toward all the brethren which are in Macedonia, but we beseech you that you increase more and more. We're not here today putting on the brakes. We're going to press the gas pedal today because we're believing God for more and more. In verse 11, we'll just skip it because it talks about study to be quiet, and I'm still studying. Verse 12, that you may walk honestly toward them that are without. Now listen, and that you may have lack of nothing. Verse number 1, more and more. Verse number 10, more and more. Verse 12, that you would have enough, that you would lack nothing. For just a few minutes, I want to preach today on this thought, a miracle called more. A miracle called more. God bless you. you. may be seated. Webster defines the word more as greater or in addition to. Now, when I refer to more today, I am not trying to insinuate that through our selfish desires, we are simply trying to accumulate more stuff. I would dare testify that most of us would have to agree that we have enough stuff. There are storage facilities all over this community that would testify your house wasn't enough, your closets weren't enough, your three-car garage is not enough, the storage shed is not enough. We got enough stuff. So I'm not just here saying let's get more stuff. Jesus tells an interesting parable in Luke chapter number 12. In verse 16, he says, The ground of a certain rich man... Brought forth plentifully. That's good. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there I will bestow all my fruits and my goods. Now, if the parable stopped there, it would be a great story. As a matter of fact, we would be modeling our churches after this parable had it stopped there. The man is on a pursuit to build greater, to build more, and that's a good thing. You shouldn't have been happy with the firehouse. That's a great place to start, but there's got to be more. But just like that, you can't be just satisfied with this. This is beautiful, but there's got to be more. But the parable doesn't stop there. Verse 19. Now, I love this. I think the Lord allowed this verse to be written like this for me. I will say to my soul. Soul. I like that. It's like I'll say to myself. Self. I'll say to my soul. Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Now, listen. Take thine ease. Eat. Drink. And be merry. God has never been against anyone advancing, increasing, growing, multiplying. But he has always been against people's attitudes that they can reach a certain place where they don't need God anymore. Or they could sustain themselves by themselves. I think that's what Bishop Bernard was saying just a little while ago. So verse 20 says, but God said unto him, thou fool this night. Thy soul, thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So it is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So we don't want more just so we can have more. I believe God's got a miracle of more for this church. For the families of this church, and I'm gonna cast the net a little further, I believe he's got it for this state, for this district, for this region, for this community. God's got a great revival that's going to produce more than we could imagine with our own thoughts, with our own mind. Don't sit here and tell me, yeah, but you don't understand this. No, you don't understand the God that we're serving. He said, I want you to abound more and... God's not giving us more just so we can take care of ourselves. He's not giving us more so we can sit back and become at ease. God hates that. The Bible says in Amos chapter 6 verse 1, Woe unto them that are at ease in Zion. And so what I learned from the parable in Luke chapter 12 is that greater or more cannot go in the same sentence as ease. So we don't want more so we can do less. Doesn't the Bible say to whom much is given? So from the onset, I want to make it clear. I don't want more so I can have more. I want more so I can do more. We want more people, not so we can just sit back and say, look at this big church. No, we want more people so we can plant more churches, so we can give more money to missions, so we can reach out more. That's why we want more. We're not on some ego driven, ego personality here. We want more because we're racing the rapture and we need to get as many people as we can ready to meet the Lord before that great getting up morning. Somebody shout more. And we often use the phrase more or less. You ever hear people talk like that? More or less. What we really mean is less. God doesn't think like that. God doesn't think more or less. God thinks more and more. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, he said we should abound more and more. Nine verses later, he says that we would increase more and more. So that we would lack Nothing. Paul said it like this to the church of Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power which worketh in us. I want you to think about what we just read. Unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think. God is able to do what we ask. God is able to do what we ask and what we imagine. God is able to do all that we ask and imagine. God is able to do more than we can ask or imagine. God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. That's the kind of God we're serving. That's the kind of God that got you here. That's the kind of God that opened up the windows of heaven that allowed you to get to where you are right now. And since that's the kind of God we're serving, I refuse to believe that we're only going to have to settle for less. I am tired of barely surviving spiritually or barely getting by or getting up one day only to get pushed down the next day. I want to declare to somebody in this house, it's time to believe God for more. I want this church to experience more. I want the ministry of this church to have more outreach and more Bible studies and more baptisms and more people getting the Holy Ghost. If you believe God's got more for you, you ought to clap your hands right now and lift up your voice. Come on, God's wanting to elevate somebody's thinking today. God's wanting to increase somebody's faith today. God's got more for you. You're not going to always be on the bottom. You're not going to always be on the end. You're not going to always be the the borrower. You're not going to always be the tail. God's saying, I've got more for you. And greater is He that's in you than he that's in the world. Don't you get satisfied just yet. Don't get settled down just yet. God's got great plans For this church, for this family, for this district, and you're going to get to be a part of it. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly more than what we could ask or think. Have you ever met somebody that could talk? I mean, like, they just talk. Now, it's been proven before that a person can speak 150 words a minute. They say women can, can never mind, uh, just, 100, just, just 150 words a minute. They say that we could process or we can think about 3,000 words a minute. That means you can speak 9,000 words and think 108,000 thoughts every hour. 108,000 words in a 12-hour day, and you can think 2,160,000 words. That's a lot of asking. That's a lot of talking. That's a lot of thinking. But the Bible says our God is able to do exceeding, abundantly, beyond what you could even ask or what you could think. So ever how much you can think, God's saying, i got more than that. Ever how much you're asking for in prayers? God's saying keep doing it, but just understand, I've got more than that. And if we want the glory to be restored to the church, then we're gonna to have to start believing that it's time for a mighty outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I just stopped by this weekend to encourage this church, keep asking for more. Keep asking for more. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep searching. Keep doing what God's called you to do. There's nothing that God cannot do. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? I don't know how lost your family is, but there's nothing too hard for the Lord. I don't know what kind of stronghold is in this city, but there is nothing that's too hard for the Lord. With men, it might be impossible. But with God. According to the power. That We've we got to have a revelation of who we are. You're not just a saint of God on a pew. You're a child of God. You have been called to the kingdom for such a time as this. we got to have a revelation of who we're serving. The same God that said, let there be light. The same God that allowed Abraham and Sarah to bear a child in their old age. The same God that brought them through the Red Sea. The same God that healed them. And the same God that raised the dead. And the same God that made a way where there seemed to be no way. That's the same God that we're serving right now. And He said, I am the Lord uh, and I change not. And if He gave you a miracle to get in this building, uh, He'll keep giving you miracles to keep you. And He'll keep giving you miracles to advance you, because I'm talking about a miracle of more, not of less, but a miracle of more. Some of you need to muster up some faith today and ask God for more. God, I'm believing you for something great. I'm believing you to heal my body. I'm believing you to save my family. I'm believing you to make a way where there seems to be no way. So shout more. Now, well, you know, in the way my brain works, I typed in the word more into my search engine, my, my Bible study program. And the word more is mentioned 680 times, 86 times in the King James Bible. And then I typed in the word less. And the word less is mentioned 27 times. So I was like, well, even I can put that together. That it appears that God wants us to focus on more. But why do so many of us just think this is the way it's going to always be? I've come into this dysfunctional situation. I'm in this family that's dysfunctional. I can't break this generational curse. That is a lie. That is a lie from hell. That is a lie. That is the devil trying to entrap you and keep you back. God saying, "I want you to focus on more." I know this is going to come across as a shock, but a number of studies have shown that, that going on Facebook depresses people. Uh, social media in general kind of, it, it'll mess with you a little bit if you're not, if you're not careful. Because we often want to use our our social media profile, uh, you know, Facebook. I would just talk about Facebook. You, you could change it out with anybody. You know, the, the Bible says that, because we put everything on Facebook, you know. I mean, <laughs> we really need to hone that back a little bit, okay. <laughs> we don't need more on Facebook, all right. We need less. We need a whole lot of less. The Bible says this: What's done in the private will be will be shouted from the housetop, right? And you have to study deep to get this type of revelation. But the, if you look up the word housetop there in the uh, in the actual like Hebrew language, it, it, the word housetop there it's Facebookio. Like I said, you got to study deep to get that. And uh, maybe it does. Maybe it, I don't think it does. Anyhow. But we often use our social media platform to enhance our image. You know, we we don't even, we don't take pictures dead on anymore. (laughs) We're like, we're we're taking pictures from up at this angle. Because we're trying to, because we want to put our best out there. We look at every picture that's taken and we delete that. Go, we can't post that. We we want the ones that make us look more attractive, the one that, you know, when we, when we start telling people what we've done, we list our accomplishments, but we omit our failures. And I read a particular article that was saying that that going on Facebook makes us more likely to end up envying others and feeling a diminished worth of ourselves. It turns out that this epidemic of comparing our lives to others has escalated to a electronically spread disease, I'm not making this up, called FOMO, FOMO, fear of missing out. And the basis is this, that we're afraid that other people are doing more interesting things than we are. Making more friends than we are. Discovering better better ways of getting in shape or saving money or managing their emotions than we are. And so we keep trying to keep up with people. Keep reading about how wonderful their experiences are and how many friends they have. and, And we can't even get three people to like our stuff. But here's some good advice. Never compare your behind the scenes with everybody else's highlight reels. Because the fear of missing out was behind the very first sin. The serpent asked Eve, did God really say?" And God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open, And then all of a sudden there was this desire to have something she didn't have. Cain and Abel, Jacob and Esau, Rachel and Leah are all stories of sins driven by the fear of missing out. And yet for all of its dangers and deception, the fear of missing out tells us something fundamental and fascinating about ourselves. We have an insatiable hunger for more. And God made us this way. We just got to get it pointed in the right direction. We should have a longing for life beyond what we have right now. And if we handle this correctly, then this can lead us and propel us and advance us toward more open doors by God. The fear of missing out is not all bad. It's what caused Jacob to get the birthright and the blessing. It's what caused David to pursue when everybody else was tired and ready to quit. It's what caused the giant to fall simply because there was a cause. The fear of missing out is what caused the disciples to tarry in the upper room and wait until the Holy Ghost fell. So it's not all bad. If handled correctly, this fear of missing out, there's got to be more. There's got to be more. There's got to be more. It can lead us to God's open doors. And I believe with all my heart that God has some open doors for this church. I believe God's got some open doors for this church. The word more means greater or in addition to. Now I'm not going to preach much longer. I'm going to save that for tomorrow. Cuz we're going to pray and we're going to dedicate this place. And we want to visit and I understand all of that, but just let me let me just hit a few more points here. If I were to ask you to to name one of the greatest Creative geniuses in modern American history. There would probably be a few names that would immediately surface to the top. Some would say Steve Jobs. He changed the world. Walt Disney. Uh, Jimmy Tony. Uh, Thomas Edison. We would think of some of these Elon Musk. There's, there's a man changing the world. But what about a guy by the name of Ron Papel? Anybody know Ron? Hmm. Ron was the founder of a company. Now, listen to how deep this gets. He was the founder, Brother, Brother White, of a company called Ron Co. Ron founded his own company and called it Ron he was the guy that thought up the Vegomatic, Dilomatic, Disomatic, Hair in a Can, hundreds of inventions that have changed people's lives. But his greatest creation is in any of those products. It's a tagline that pops up in his late-night infomercials. You've heard it. You just didn't know who to give credit to. The phrase, but wait, there's more. That was Ron. He came up with that. No matter how wonderful the last appliance, no matter how inspiring the last offer, No matter how intriguing the last invention, the human imagination is always fired up by that one promise. But wait, there's more. And I want to preach to somebody today and tell you there's more than what we currently have. As a matter of fact, if you've only accepted the Lord as your personal savior, thank God for that. But there's more. If you've only repented of your sins, we rejoice over that but there's more. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, there's more. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, there's more. If you don't have the revelation of the mighty God in Christ, there's more. If you don't know what it means to come out from among them and be ye separate, there's more. If you don't know what it's like to pay your tithes and offerings, there's more. If you don't know what it's like to give sacrificially so the kingdom of God could be advanced but wait. There's more. I want to preach to somebody today. God's got great things for us. God's got great things for this church. God's got great things for this family. You can't be afraid of letting God bless you with more. He's not going to bless us so we can have more. He's going to bless us so we can do more. And so there's a story in your Bible in the book of Ruth and there's a family that goes looking for more but they go looking for more in all the wrong places. And when you start looking for more out there, it'll leave you empty with less. And so the Bible says that Naomi, her husband died, and her sons died, and she was now coming back to the, to the land, to the house of bread, and that God was visiting his people again. And These two daughter-in-laws had to make a decision. Are they staying in this pagan land, or are they going to experience more? And one of them stayed, and one of them came with Naomi. Sometimes when you have to choose, do I want more or less, to the world, that decision doesn't always look normal or right or wise. Because sometimes you can start with less, but it puts you on a path for more. And so here she comes, and her name is Ruth. And Ruth now comes from a very pagan background, a very non Godly background, pagan, heathen, and yet God says, I've got more (laughs) for you. And she marries a man by the name of Boaz, and Boaz's grandmother was a lady by the name of Rahab, and in the process of time, a boy is born to Ruth and Boaz. They named him Obed. And Obed becomes the father of Jesse. And Jesse was the father of David. That David that was the hero. That David that was a man after God's own heart. That David that was the psalmist. It turns out that Ruth, a Gentile, a Moabite pagan, is the great grandmother of David. All because she made a decision that there's got to be more. Which means that it turns out that David, the greatest king of Israel, is not a pure-blooded Israelite. He's got a little Moabite in him. (laughs) And we all have a little bit of Moabite in us. And we all have a little bit of sin in us. Nobody knew it, but God had already had more planned. Nobody knew it but a king was coming. Nobody could have guessed it, but 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 God had a whole bunch more on the horizon and I promise you when you look back, let me just testify. And and I don't think he would be upset. Pastor Wyatt told me that in twenty twenty. Does anybody know what happened in twenty twenty? The whole world shut down. It was crazy in 2020. Churches shut down completely. Like, I don't mean for a time period. I mean churches lost their way. They didn't have enough money. They didn't have enough members. They shut down. But yet, Pastor Wyatt told me that the bank bought into the vision of this church more than ever because in 2020, the income of this church shot up. And it was one of their best years in 2020 when the whole world was shut down. But God's saying, if you'll just trust me when it looks like less... I don't know who I'm preaching to, but God's calling a Ruth out of the crowd. God's calling somebody and all you've got to show is just a sinful heritage. And all you've got to show for is just paganistic beliefs. But God's saying, if you'll get in this thing, if you'll just follow hard after the Lord, I can give you more than you've ever imagined. I can give you more than you've ever thought about. I can give you more than you've ever even contemplated Let's all stand. 2 Kings chapter 4. There was a certain woman of the wives of the sons of prophets. She said, my husband is dead. Creditors come to get my kids. Elisha said unto her, what shall I do for thee? What is in your house? She said, I don't have anything but but a little bit of oil. And he said, go borrow the vessels abroad. Borrow not a few. Everybody say, not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and thou shalt pour it upon those vessels. So she went, shut the door, brought the vessels to her, and she poured out. And it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. But as if there'd have been more, God said, I've got more oil. If you got more vessels. God's saying, I did this, but if you'll keep getting me empty vessels, I've got more and more and more. God is tired of his people having less when he has destined us to have more. Too many good Christians have been plagued with the spirit of not enough. As a matter of fact, too many churches are plagued with the spirit of not enough. Not enough workers, not enough volunteers, not enough money, not enough this, not enough that. No, he's Jehovah Jireh. The thief cometh not, but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But, but the Bible says that Jesus said, "I've come to give life." I rebuke that spirit of not enough. Just give empty vessels. That's how God does it. That's what Brother Bernard was saying. Just you're never going to have enough, but you just got to have empty vessels to keep pouring it into. Second Samuel chapter twelve, verse eight. And then we're going to pray. This is a unique passage, and I'm just going to pull a principle out of it. I'm not trying to teach no doctrine out of it. But 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 8, it says, And if that had been too little, speaking to David, David, if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. David, if you needed more, all you had to do, was ask. Oh, oh, David, oh, you have not, church. If you feel like today you have too little of a prayer life, too little of a worship life, too little of a walk with God, too little of this, too little of that, all you got to do is ask God for more. A miracle called more. God can take. The worst of sinners. My good brother here on the front row. I told him. I said. I remember you from the video. He said. I get that a lot. Because we highlighted this church. At our Christmas for Christ video. In 2017. And I remember that. And here's just a sinner. That God's trusting. With more. And more. Brother Kenny Carpenter taught me a very powerful principle about money in general, about about God trusting you with money. He said, Jimmy, as long as you keep your hand open, you'll be amazed at what God would allow to flow through your hand. He said, money's called currency. It's a current. Just let it flow. He said, you'd be, you be, you be amazed at what all God would allow, how much more He would give you. He said, but the first time you do this, you're telling God, that's, that's all you can trust me with. Church, CCC, let's keep our hands open. <laughs> Pastor Wyatt, let's keep our hands open. Let's just see what God would allow. To come through here. Keep those empty vessels coming. Because even though it started with just a little bit of oil. God multiplied the oil to fill every vessel. And he will do the same for this church and the future of this church. Now I know I'm I'm an altar call giving preacher. But we're going to do things just a, just a tad different. I'm going to read you one little passage. But, Brother Sister White, I want you and your family to come stand up here if you don't mind. I want to read one little passage out of Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 12. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard your prayer, and I have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. If I shut up heaven, that there be no rain. Or if I command the locusts to devour the land. And if I send pestilence among my people. Now we all know this next verse. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open, and my ears Tent unto the prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and mine eyes and my heart shall be there perpetually. And the Lord appeared unto the Wyatts and said, I've heard your prayer. And I have chosen this place for myself. My eyes shall be open. And my ears shall give attention unto the prayer that is made in this place. For I have chosen and I have sanctified this house. That my name shall be there forever. Now, to people driving by, this is just a storefront. But to us, this is holy ground. This is God's house. And Bishop Bernard, I would love for you to come and pray over this church as we dedicate this. And Brother Long, Sister Long... Y'all worked so hard at helping. I want y'all to come and be a part of this. This is a beautiful testimony. Like like Brother Wyatt said, this is a beautiful testimony of something much more bigger than just us. Amen. Get get a little closer, guys. Come on. Get a little closer. Then I I want the church folks to gather around. All right? This is your church. I want you to come gather around. God's got his hand on this family. God's hand upon this church. This is a great day that needs to be remembered and it needs to be celebrated. Amen. Amen. You don't get here without a lot of hard work, without a lot of sacrifice. It's a beautiful church, Brother Wyatt. God's got his hand on you. He's going to help you grow this church beyond anything you could ask or think. but by doing that he's going to also help you grow other churches that you don't even you're not even aware of and God's got his hand on you to lead the district and to lead this revival in this part of the country. that's not fluff, that's not Pep rally talk. I'm talking to you in the Holy Ghost right now. You have been called for such a time as this. God's blocked things so you'd be here at this time because He needed you here right now. And your family's right there with you. It's not a one-man show. God's going to use you. He's going to raise up a great army here. And there's no telling how many more Brother Whites are out there that's just waiting for somebody to tell them there's more. Aren't you glad you're here today? If you don't have the Holy Ghost, there's more. If you don't have a relationship with God, there's more. If you've never had a Bible study, there's more.
8: Bishop. Bishop. We're going to pray and dedicate this house, but we're really dedicating ourselves, too, because a church is not really a building, it's people, right? And while this is a very special place that God will meet us, it's because we've chosen that. So we really need to dedicate our lives along with the building, isn't that right? So we're going to pray this prayer together. Lord, we dedicate this house to you. Lord, let it be a house of prayer. Lord, let it be a house of worship. Let it be a house of salvation. It will be a house of salvation. It will be a house of deliverance. It will be a house of healing. We will proclaim your word in this house. We will be filled with the Spirit in this house. We will go forth from this house to serve. We will go forth from this house to live a holy life. We will go forth from this house to win souls for your kingdom. We dedicate this house to your purpose. We dedicate ourselves to your purpose. The pastor and his family, the church board, the ministers, the leaders, the saints, the Bible study teachers... We dedicate ourselves to your service. We declare this house and this people are set apart and dedicated in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And let all the people say, Amen. 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 Oh, let's worship the Lord together right now. Hallelujah. Let's claim it. Let's claim it's not just a ceremony. It's not just a ritual, but in the spirit realms, there's a breakthrough. There's an open door. There's a movement forward to more and more in the Holy Ghost. Oh, let's praise the Lord together, church. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.
2: Come on, lift up your voice all over this place. Let's magnify the Lord and thank God for this. Thank God for this accomplishment. But God, we're believing you for more. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory. We thank you for what you're doing, oh God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Pastor Wyatt, I turn it over to you.
7: I am so grateful to all of you that have come, to all of you that celebrate this occasion with us, this moment with us. I thank you. God has brought us together, as my pastor always said, for such a time as this. Let's build God's kingdom together. Let's do it together. If he put us together, he has a purpose for that. And we're going to do it together. We're going to reach our families, our loved ones, the people that we affiliate with, we connect with. I can't tell you how much I just feel strongly in the Holy Ghost what God is going to do. Jamie, we love you. You know we adopted you from the very first day. Alan, we love you. We have the letters here with us. God has just brought us together and he's doing something magnificent. I thank you for being a part of this dedication today. And if you would just continue to pray with us, we're going to see God do some great things. As you know, this church is not a church about itself. We're about the kingdom. That's what we're about. We're about the kingdom. I told you from the very first time that when God blessed us with this church, I thought about the district second after I thought about us. I said, wow, our district can have a lot of meetings here and have enough room to do things. This is about God's kingdom for us. It's not about us. It's about him and what he wants to do. Let's bind together and reach our towns, our cities. Who will go to the next town? Who will go to the next city? God is just getting started with what he's going to do. Thank you for coming. Bishop Bernard, it's such a privilege, such an honor to have you. We're so grateful that you were able to make it down. There is a lot of great men that I've come in contact with that have been a blessing to me. And Brother Tony is certainly one of those men. And we've talked about many things over the years. We've talked about... So you, you told a secret on me, i tell a secret on you. So... When he was at headquarters as the North North American Missions Director, he was plotting to hire me at headquarters. I was this far from being offered a job at headquarters, but God just like smashed our plan because he got offered to church in Gainesville, and God sent us here to start a church, and so we laugh now because we had plans to do things at headquarters, and God was doing something else. We're glad that we're in the field. That's where we like to be. We like to be in the field to be a blessing to others. Thank you for coming today. Don't forget tomorrow, for those of you that don't have a church of your own, tomorrow morning we will be here at 1030. Come and be with us. God wants to bless you. God has more for you. To our guests, don't forget, everyone, we're, let's be a good host to our guests. Next door, we have some hors d'oeuvres for you. We want you to go next door. Jamie, take the kids over there and let them eat something because I'm thinking about them that you brought them out and they're probably a little, (laughs) she's smiling because you know I'm telling the truth. We, we, we have what they want next door. Trust me, they'll find something that they like. Take them next door and get them something to munch on as you drive back home. Thank you for coming. Alan, thank you for coming. I know we have some future plans, and we'll see each other again. But thank you. Thank you all. God bless you. Have a great rest of your evening. Fellowship. Love one another in Jesus' name.